Hello, welcome to this audio recording of the most recent article from warhornmedia.com. This is episode 102, and the title is Wheaton College and President Buswell, Tendentious History. It's by Tim Bailey. I'm also your reader. The date is October 27, 2023. This is sixth in a series. It begins with Proverbs 27, verse 10, do not forsake your own friend or your father's friend. Anthony Bradley, for a couple decades now, has been calling for brothers in the evangelical and reformed church to repent of racism. He's earned the wrath of many within the reformed church who refuse to admit racism is alive and well among us. So let us turn to Wheaton College whose president and trustees responded to the charges of institutional racism made by some of their students by issuing a 122-page report pointing the finger at J. Oliver Buswell Jr., who served as Wheaton's president almost a century ago. Placating their angry students, A month or so ago, the trustees published the report they'd paid for, which declared J. Oliver Buswell Jr. to be the enemy of the people. Why bring Anthony Bradley up in connection with Wheaton's shameless appeasement of the race-baiting mob? Readers note our previous articles on Wheaton's denunciation of President Buswell made the point that Buswell's biological and spiritual sons were heroes in their strong and detailed public condemnations of racism. The two sons, whose prophetic witness against racism we reproduced in full in two consecutive articles here and here at Warhorn, and I have links there online, were both clear in their condemnations of the very thing Riken and his trustees accused their father of, namely, segregation in educational institutions. Both sons could not have been clearer in condemning educational segregation. These sons also condemned Southern white men's violent sexual crimes against black women. Also, the hypocrisy of fundamentalists who refused to associate with blacks. These men defended interracial marriage. Yet Wheaton's best and brightest could not bring themselves to admit what a profound witness against them these sons and their writings are. Across their 122 pages of so-called, quote, historical review, unquote, Wheaton's president and trustees refused to admit any connection between the opposition to racism of President Buswell as documented by his son's same opposition. Isn't the saying that the acorn never falls far from the tree? Didn't Wheaton's trustees a century ago hire Charles Blanchard as president because they trusted he shared the doctrinal and moral commitments of his father, Jonathan Blanchard, who preceded him as Wheaton's president? Didn't Wheaton's present trustees hire Phil Riken as president because they trusted he shared the doctrinal and moral commitments of his own father, Leland Riken, 
who just recently earned emeritus status after faithfully serving Wheaton over 50 years as an English professor. Back to Anthony Bradway. One year before Wheaton's trustees and president tried to appease their students by appointing their task force to denounce President Buswell, Bradley posted a series of tweets containing a number of exclamation marks. What excited him so much? Here's the first in the series, dated July 15, 2020, over three years ago. Post by Anthony Bradley at D.R. Ant Bradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. He writes, quote, we need to get this Erdman's book back in print, exclamation mark. Given our current cultural moment, this is the book college and seminary students need to read to better understand evangelicalism. It's endorsed by anti-racist profs at Southwestern Baptist and the Southern Baptist Seminary in 1964, exclamation mark. <clears throat> That's at 1.10 p.m. July the 15th. Bradley was terribly excited to have discovered a book published by Erdman's. He reports the book is endorsed by, quote, anti-racist, unquote, professors and is, quote, the book college and seminary students need to read, unquote. What was this book? Later the same day, Bradley kept up his tweet stream. Quote, now, however, I have brand new questions. If Buswell III was pushing the Bible and race discourse in 1964, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, what happened? What killed this important discourse? Why didn't this take root and lead to restorative actions? Why didn't it spread? Unquote. What? question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Bradley is going berserk, calling the evangelical world's attention to J. Oliver Buswell Jr.'s son, James Oliver Buswell III's 1964 writings opposing racism among Christian fundamentalists and evangelicals. Bradley is going out of his mind with excitement over discovering a faithful brother in Christ who was a prophetic witness against racism in the church way back in 1964. And he kept up tweeting his excitement. On the same day, July 15th, this from Anthony Bradley, quote, I'm not exaggerating. All of the institutions that interacted with the Buswell family and this book need to put this at the center of evangelical race discussions. Buswell III documents what so many people denied actually happened. And exclamation mark, you read, can the whole book in one sitting exclamation mark. A little bit of a typo there from him. Unquote. Let's get this straight. Three years ago, Bradley called that, quote, institution that interacted with the Buswell family, unquote, to, quote, put this book at the center of evangelical race discussions, unquote. Close to three years after this series of tweets, Wheaton College, the very quote, institution that interacted with the Buswell family, unquote, refused to put this book at the center of their race discussion, quote, unquote. They mentioned Buswell the Son's work, but only in passing, while not acknowledging that Buswell the Son's prophetic witness against racism 
had any slightest bearing on their verdict that his father was a racist. That same day, later in the day, Bradley tweets this, quote, Again, this is about the anti-racist white scholarship at Wheaton in 1964 and fully endorsed by anti-racists at Southwestern, T.B. Maston, and Southern, Henley Barnett Seminaries. And we're not talking about them right now? This is white conservative anti-racism before it was cool, exclamation mark. Bradley is here commending the same writing of Buswell the Sun we brought forward as a witness against President Riken and his trustees. He calls Buswell the Sun's writing, quote, anti-racist white scholarship at Wheaton, unquote. He's excited Buswell the Sun's writing is, quote, white conservative anti-racism before it was cool, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, unquote. He wonders why we're not talking about it right now, quote, unquote. Good fathers are copied by their sons. God the Son gave this testimony concerning his own father, quote, John 14, verse 10, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works, My Father abiding in me. Daughters reveal their mothers just as sons reveal their fathers. So it is with the Apostle Paul and his spiritual sons. 2 Timothy 1, verse 2, and then chapter 2, verse 3. To Timothy, my beloved son, the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. The convictions and commitments of President Buswell documented in the life work of his sons was a line of inquiry Wheaton's president and trustees refused to admit or even hint at in their report. The book by Buswell the Sun, being commended here by Anthony Bradley, is simply an expansion of his article we earlier reprinted here. Pastors are called to guard God's sheep. And one of the most significant duties growing out of protecting his flock is guarding his truth written in his word. This was the work of the Reformers five centuries ago, and it remains the work of shepherds today. God's people have always needed shepherds, protecting them from schismatics whose stock in trade is misrepresenting primary sources, starting with the Holy Scriptures. They lie about Scripture, so naturally they also lie about church fathers of past centuries and generations. They destroy church fathers' character, smearing their reputations with lies. They misrepresent church fathers' writings, deceiving the sheep about what their fathers actually wrote and said. Some, reading Riken and his trustees' report, have found themselves asking how scholars on the level of Daryl Bach could have fallen to this level 
of tendentious history. Didn't their professors require them to learn the tools of the scholarly trade? Are guys with a terminal degree not taught to quote sources accurately, particularly where those sources run contrary to their thesis? Speaking personally, my undergrad studies were at University of Wisconsin-Madison focusing on medieval and Reformation history. It was a privilege to learn the Reformation from the eminent Calvin and Geneva scholar Robert M. Kingdon, who, maybe more than any other of my profs in undergrad and grad school, emphasized the necessity of scholarship returning to the archives and primary sources. UW-Madison notes this in their published obituary for Kingdon. They write, quote, Kingdon belonged to the first generation of American historians of the Reformation who went to the archives. That sense of history is grounded in and anchored to archival sources, not only defined Kingdon's own work, which changed the shape of the field, but also that of his students. From his unparalleled knowledge of the archives of Geneva emerged one of the major products of his life, the publication of the registers of the consistory, the disciplinary body Calvin helped to found, first in their original language and then translated into English. I've spent decades reading and comparing primary sources produced by church fathers with secondary sources purporting to tell us what those primary sources and their authors said. Here is Bradley's final tweet in the stream on July 15, 2020. He writes, quote, The anti-racism was there in 1964, so what happened? They weren't slandered as, quote, woke, quote, SJWs, quote, CRT Marxists for calling out the racism in their own theological tradition, what happened? And then a picture of President Obama with his hands in, in front of him, palms up. Racism has always been an evil the church has had to expose and fight against. Read Galatians. True prophets of God don't fight it by hopping on some bandwagon of wokesters. They fight it by condemning the racists face to face, as the Apostle Paul did the Apostle Peter. They never stoop to shaming and denouncing dead men, whose sons bear witness to their father's prophetic witness which made them who they are. This is sixth in a series Thank you for listening. Do us a favor. Tell your friends about this podcast of articles from warhornmedia.com. Also, if you're able, please support this work. Go to warhornmedia.com and click on the Patreon link. This is Pastor Tim Bailey. Until next time, God willing.